Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 178 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Uh, today's date is July 25th, 2022. I'm Robert Ring. And he's back, boys. Welcome, Jay Totoro. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. All good here. How's it going? How's it going? Oh, shit. This is ep- I was wrong. This is episode 179. 179. That's mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. Uh, no, things are going well. Uh, sorry I missed last episode. Appreciate appreciate you running everything. Glad everything went well. Uh, any great. any uh, important things that I missed? Any important things you... Um, Josh and I talked about Swicketon 2 and Fallout 2. Okay. And Mega Man jacking in. I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? And a French version of Mario. What did you say about Mega Man? Uh, him jacking in. Okay, that's what I thought you said. Okay. Yeah. So that was about all you missed. Cool. It was a really good episode, though. Um. But yeah, how, what's going on with you? Anything new? Um, not particularly. We were just talking about how hot it is here, so it's been yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of doing nothing. No, it's been a, t- a lot of time with my family and friends right now, just kind of enjoying things. Um. Just enjoying things. Oh, started playing Slay the Spire again over and over and over. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I actually, actually, I actually have a fun, fun thing to say about that. So uh, we got my dad a Switch for his birthday in June. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, so I, uh, I of course, got him into playing Slay the Spire because, yeah, I, I showed it to him ahead of time. I was like, my brother, because I got, I got um, my entire friend group into playing Slay the Spire, and uh, I got my brother really into it, and he has been playing, he played an obscene amount of it. And so we showed it to my dad. We're like, you know, is this interesting to you? And yeah, he's like, this is pretty cool. So uh, we ended up getting him a switch, and now he's 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 quote unquote retired. He's uh, looking for a job, but I think he's probably going to end up retiring. I'm hoping, but he has been playing quite a bit, and he is the funniest person to watch play Slay the Spire because <laughs> everybody generally has a learning curve with games, obviously, and uh, he is hilarious. He's never played a deck building game before. Okay, he understands he's the concept. Trouble. He's a, He's a very intelligent person. He's a very, very intelligent person. So sure. uh, he he he's picking up on things very quickly. But I love. I really just want to start a Twitter account for him <laughs> and just tweet out oh my the gosh, things that he says about. It, it, it's just like it, it, for those of you who have played deck building games, there is a very common theme in most deck building games, which is drawing cards is good, right? Like the the, the bottom line of anything else. Like if you said a statement in a deck building game uh, that is true, ninety nine percent of the time, it is drawing cards is good. Right, like anybody's like, yeah, no, that's obvious. He well, is but not if you're that. trying to keep a, a slim deck. Yeah, but even still, I mean, yes, that's what I said. Ninety nine percent of the time, if you're playing a combo deck, you still need draw to help draw the combo, right? Like I've I've played a lot of combo decks in, in Slay, and there are a lot oh, of. Times I thought where, like, okay, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. I you, okay, I misunderstood what you were talking about. I, I thought you were talking about uh, like adding new cards to your deck. You, you're talking about drawing more per, per hand. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, right, exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. And there are, there are cards. You need like, if you, no matter what deck you're playing, you generally want some form of card draw, right? Cause it, yeah. you're, you're, if you ever draw poorly, you want to be able to draw to get to your good cards. Like I was playing a combo deck yesterday and I needed enough draw to get me to both components. So my dad is really obsessed with big damage cards. So, and, and generally okay. speaking, they're not great, right? Like a, a card that does like <laughs> right. really some mechanic that's like three mana does thirty damage, right? So like one mana per ten, if you if you want to math it out. Uh, he loves stuff like that, and he gets really into it. And so there's a card <laughs> called Pummel Strike. He plays the Ironclad for those who have played Slay. Of course, uh, 
He plays Ironclad, which has a card called Pummel Strike. It's a one mana, uh, draw a card, deal damage. It's really good, right? It, it's like a, in my head, it's like a high B, maybe a low A card. It's very good. So he calls it Pussy Strike, which is just, just <laughs> icing on the cake. He, he does not understand, like, why, why, like, drawing is very good. He's like, why would I just, why would I take this card? Why wouldn't I just take a better card? Why do I, why do I need draw to draw the card? This draw so, card doesn't do any damage. Yeah, right? And so he's really big into stuff like that. Like, just, just a ton of damage. And it's so funny. Uh, just kind of teach him through it. And the the best part of it is, for those, again, who have played Slay, as you play it, you can beat the game and turn up the difficulty. It's called Ascending or Ascension. And so you'll turn up the difficulty each time you beat it from 1 to 2 all the way to 20. And 20 being the most difficult part. So uh, my dad just cleared Ascension 3, which is pretty darn good. especially That's pretty good. For, for only playing for, for so long. Yeah, I was about to say, for somebody who doesn't, like, play video games... Yeah, exactly. And so Brandon, our close friend Robert, you know Brandon. Mm-hmm. He uh, he. Cl- when we were, when we went to a cabin last year, he played Slay the Spire for a week straight, and he climbed to two, and then regressed back down to zero because he <laughs> just was struggling. And we make fun of him about it all the time because <laughs> you know he just he just kind of ignored us for an entire week, and you know whatever he didn't really get too far in the game. So <laughs> my dad proceed. My my younger brother tends to or excuse me, he doesn't tell you, he sent a text to the group, including my dad and Brandon, and said, hey, Brandon, how's it feel that my dad is a further ascension than you are? <laughs> and it became this, this this extremely long conversation about everybody just talking shit about each other. <laughs> no, I like it. That's how it should That's be. Pretty, if you talk to Brandon anytime soon, make sure to let him know that you know. Okay, I'll, I'll hit him up just to say something about that. So do you have any quotes offhand of something, anything funny that your dad has said that you can recall, or is it just kind of in general? It, it's it's a lot of minor. I mean, Pussy Strike is, is the Pussy pinnacle. Strike, I mean, that's, that, gotta, that's just too funny. So, yeah, but it, it's really a lot of like when my brother is coaching him, my brother gets very like into it, and so do I. I mean, like we both get really really involved. So at the end, my my dad yesterday did a run with my brother. You know, my dad's in the driver's seat, and my brother's teaching him how to drive. And at the end of it, I, I talked to my dad later in the evening. I said, "How'd it go?" He goes, "I'm still recovering a little bit." <laughs> Because awesome. Harry and I just like it, it starts out with him driving a lot, and then halfway through, because my dad in one of the games he played a very complicated combo deck. We were trying to teach him how to play a combo deck, and like about halfway through, it's just him doing the motions while we we talked. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that's not as fun for him. It's probably yeah, it's probably not the best way to learn. Just like just do what I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're 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 actually like learning the best way to teach him, which okay. is. It is what it is, but it's also fun. That's and pretty good. To see him like be successful is also cool to see. So awesome. Um, all right, I have a quick question for you before we talk about video games. First of all, we don't really have any news, so I don't. So I'm going to take a couple extra, uh, a couple extra insane, minutes just dicking yeah. around. I mean, I'm sure something probably happened, but I didn't pay good enough attention, so uh, sure. nothing that I know of happened. Um, Fast and Furious, the Fast oh, and God. the Furious. <laughs> Old movies. Do you have you ever seen uh, any of these? Yeah, of course. I've, I've seen the first one a bunch of times. A bunch of times. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was on TV a lot. So when I was when I was growing up, I'd watch a lot of movies on TV and stuff. And I'm pretty sure I probably saw the first one in the theaters when it came out. I probably saw the second one as well, if I'm not mistaken. But because there's, I think this is the tenth one coming out soon, right? Or did it already come out? Probably. I'm not really sure. I just watched. Isn't- I just watched the first one for the first time. Oh, really? (laughs) You never had yourself. You never had me. You never had your car. Dude, there are some awful quotes from that movie. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's pretty much where this is going. Oh, yeah. It's a dog shit movie. uh, The first one is at least, it's like a car accident. You just enjoy watching (laughs) it. But 
The rest of them are just. It so I I remember when it came out. It just I, I, you know none of none of them have ever appealed to me in any in any sense. Sure. Um, I I've never been into like car culture, I guess, and also they just, just the movies to me just did not look good. Um, but if, for some reason recently, I was like, well, maybe I you know what. I need to just go check. Maybe I'm missing oh, out. No. They've gotten to number 10. They, there's got to be some sort of redeeming factor here. I, nope. Maybe I'll just watch the first one and just see. Just, I'm at least just going to give it a chance. I had to turn it off after like 30 minutes. I could, it you was, only made it 30 minutes in. Maybe 45. Maybe 45. Wow. Uh, it, like, I could not. It was unbearably cringy to me. <laughs> like, just the way the... It kind of reminded me of it would, okay, so this is a movie that I do like, but The Matrix. Watching it now, all like there, it has a lot of good things, but it's also very cringy in a way that's like, oh wait, these they thought they were like making the characters act cool here and there and like do cool stuff, and it's just it's just lame, and that's a hundred percent of. Everything that happened in every scene of the Fast and the Furious was like I just couldn't stop cringing the whole time I was watching the damn movie. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a teenager wrote it thinking this will be this would be cool to this say. Would be badass. This would be cool to say. <laughs> this would be badass, right? Like the entire yeah, I, I completely agree. They are they are not great movies. They they definitely get worse. Uh, there are some amazingly cringy quotes. If you haven't also also uh, please see Triple X, another Vin Diesel just quality movie that came out around that time oh yeah um i haven't seen it but i know what you're talking about it's it's pure dog shit but uh <laughs> definitely worth the watch do you know if i'm not mistaken the next one's gonna be in space right fast and furious i i feel like yeah. i've heard that yeah so probably this sounds right i actually want to see it what i'm wondering be... is like that was just a meme that people said that's the that's the thing that could get me interested in it fast and furious in space like i i would give that a shot it's it's in space. Any movie that takes place in space, I'll give it a chance. Apparently, it already was in. It was in Fast and Furious Nine. Fast and Furious Nine was in space. FF Nine. In oh wait, no, I need to. It's gonna be the thing I'm meaning. Final Fantasy. Yeah, Final Fantasy. Fast and Furious. Apparently, Nine. there was a scene where they were in space. In space. Okay, it looks like I see some people in. It's either spacesuits or like deep sea diver suits. I can't tell. Um. According to Newsweek, Fast and Furious 9 does not take place in space. However, there, <laughs> however, there is an intergalactic element involving two family members. Yes. We, we, we have reached the peak of humanity. It's over. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's all downhill from here. Once, once Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious reaches space, there's nothing left. Oh, uh, I still no, bet it's probably you, you better. Are not than, wrong at all. I still bet it's Who's better wrong? than the first one. I don't know. You don't know. I actually would. I would. I would bet. Mo- I would bet money that the ninth one is probably worse than the first one. I. I, I can't imagine they somehow got better. You don't think they got? I could be wrong. You don't think there's any way they got better? I feel like I there's no way they couldn't have gotten at least a little better. I don't know. If you want to hop in Discord and watch one, let me know. <laughs> uh, dude, we should do. We should actually do that. That would be fun as hell. We should do that sometime. I guarantee I can get other boys involved too. 
Oh, that would be great. Which one? Nine? You think nine's the one to go to? Go straight to nine? I have no idea. We should try to find the one that has the lowest reviews. Fast and Furious rankings. Let's see. Um, This is a... Okay, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Rotten Tomatoes. Look at the people's vote, not the Rotten Tomatoes vote. Rotten Tomatoes. You know what I mean? Uh, It's just a Rotten Tomatoes list, so that's all I got to go on. Number... The worst ranked one is the is, wait no is Fast and Furious two thousand nine. So it looks like in two thousand nine they just went they did they pulled an Xbox and just called it Fast and Furious. Uh, that's the that's the lowest ranked one. It got twenty eight percent. I um, actually cannot deal with this. Like this is obscene. <laughs> you realize the words you're saying right now. Number nine is Too Fast, Too Furious. Let's see. What's the best one, supposedly? The best one is Furious 7. These names are just insane. Um, <laughs> the first one, the, 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 like, the, the original Fast and the Furious, is ranked seven out of the ten of them. So I'm sorry. Which one is the worst one? I'm still like they, these the names worst. just are all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> the worst one is not the Fast and the Furious. The fir- the worst one is Fast and Furious. I can't. I don't know. It came out in 2009. There's one of them. There's one called Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, uh, oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw was Fast and the Furious. Is that? Are those? I didn't know that. I remember that movie. I never saw it. It was one of those movies that I saw. I was like, I don't know why they're making these movies. And then it did. I think it did really Who's well. Who's Hobbs and Shaw? I think it was The Rock, wasn't it? Okay. there. I see a picture of The Rock on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the Rock was, he, he had that moment. I mean, he still does. He's still in a lot of movies. But he had that moment where he's in like eight movies in the same year. And I'm just like, how? How are you in that many movies at once? I mean, he's, I'm not a Rock fan, but he's a good, isn't he at least like a charismatic actor? Like he's, he's, he's not a bad actor, person. right? From what I've seen, he is the same person in every single movie he's in. Oh, well, of course I, I he is. Yeah, no, I'm certain of that. He's like a Arnold Schwarzenegger type character, but yeah, he's he's at least there. good at that, isn't he, from my understanding? I haven't seen many of his movies. I don't even know if I've seen any movies with The Rock. <laughs> I remember Jumanji came out, and I was like, I might watch that. Never watched it. Who's well, here Jumanji, right? Huh? He was in the newer Jumanji, right? I think maybe. Let's see. I pulled it up. I'm pulling up. We're getting quick, old. I know. We're getting old. You realize that this is that moment. Okay, I'm pulling up the movies he was an actor in. He's been in a lot of movies. He's though. been in a shitload of movies, but I don't think I've seen. I'm sure I've seen at least one. Yeah, he was in Jumanji: The <sighs> okay. Next Level. Shut up, dude! That is so <laughs> cringy. God fucking Fast damn, and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, Rampage. Oh, okay, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. He was a, there was two Jumanji. I guess so. <laughs> Dude, they're just messing with us now. <laughs> I haven't seen any of these. Fear, okay, yeah, no, Furious 7. He was, uh, he was in some of the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, he was in some of the... Yeah, he, he was a cop, I think. G.I. Joe Retaliation. I did see one of the G.I. Joe movies. No, it wasn't this one, though, that I saw. Uh, Trans... Oh, that was a TV series. He was in... Oh, he was in the Hannah Montana TV series. Did you watch that one? Oh yeah, big fan. Big fan. Oh, you I know love, what? I... Uh, what's her dad? I think Billy Ray Cyrus. I did. I did see Doom, which 
of course he was in. It was, oh yeah, was that any good? No, it was terrible. Okay. Like Dude, even is that the first Doom movie they ever done? Or yeah, that was the first one. That was the first one. Damn, I'm surprised. It was 2005. Okay. Um, I I remember, you know, going like I don't mind a good brainless movie if it's yeah, 100%. if it's fun like uh Godzilla vs Kong I thought was awesome but so I'm not just a, like a <laughs> you know like a uh-huh. highfalutin uh highbrow <laughs> movie watcher but sure. if it's going to be dumb that's cool but it's at least got to be like fun and I did have to embrace it yes I didn't feel like doom was was fun. It was only dumb. Um, yeah. That's, that's the one that I, I can't believe I've only seen one movie with her. Like just by sheer chance of like, just by like playing the numbers game, you would have think I'd seen at least two, maybe. Fair. That's crazy. I cannot believe how many movies that guy's been in. Yeah. He, he's one of the highest paid actors, isn't he? It's like him and Kevin Hart. I think, right? Hell if I know, I'm sure he's gets paid a shit ton. I don't know about highest. It's gotta be up there. I know Kevin Hart was like the highest paid for a minute, and like I, I'm Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart was, yeah, the yeah, highest paid sure. actor. Pretty sure was it? Or was it? Was it just comedian? I would be. Kevin I mean, Hart. I don't know, but that would surprise the hell out of me. Who is the highest paid actor? You're probably gonna get a uh, thousand different answers based on whatever website. No, it's it, there's a wiki for it. Uh, it is. So the, it's The Rock is number one at eighty nine million. Oh, really? Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr. Wait, is that how much he gets paid per movie? No, it's his total earnings. Eighty nine? No, it's got to be. No, it's. Def, I guarantee he's made more than eighty nine million. Uh, yeah. What's the term when you like somebody's value? Uh, Their net worth. Net worth. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Dwayne Johnson net worth. 124 million. Okay. I would still. Oh, yeah. well, I still apparently it's changing a lot. No, according to this, it's 800 million. This is the, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm just talking about the article that I'm looking at says 800. I wonder if maybe this is just him as an actor. Cause he probably made a lot of money off of uh, whatchamacallit. Probably just him as an actor, but still that's, that sounds low to me. Think of all the movies he's been in, and if he's the highest paid, there's no way he's only made $80 million on movies. Oh, maybe that was annually. Maybe he makes... Maybe that's per movie. Oh, that'd be obscene. Oh, my God. Maybe that's... Yeah, no, that's probably... Yeah, he probably makes like half of that per movie or something. I read um, that based on... Depending on their contracts, if actors get paid X the prior movie, they have to be paid X the following movie, at least... Oh I mean, yeah, I'm sure that's it a wasn't common... a single year. It was a single year, yeah. So he made 87 million in what in 2020, 89 million in 2019. Okay, that sounds. I believe that for sure. That sounds. That sounds about right. Damn, Mark Wahlberg was the highest paid actor of 2017. <laughs> what was he in? Oh, fuck. Do you want to go down this rabbit hole now? Is this <laughs> no? No, we're good. Let's just stop there. Okay. So, uh, you want to talk about games? No, let's keep talking about movies. Way more. No, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Fast and the Furious. Well, actually, kind of right. A- adjacently, uh, Twisted Metal. Oh, okay, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you're like what? I was like about. I was like, wait, I are we not know what you, where you're going with that. 
Uh, Twist of Metal Black is our excuse me is our game of the quarter that we're talking about today. Do you, Jay? This was yours, so you make the call. We're gonna jump into Twist of Metal Black first, or you want to save it till the end? Yeah, let's do it at the end. Or let's do it at the end. Let's do it at the beginning. I think it's uh, okay. it's I think it's enjoyable to talk about. I, I actually kind of look forward to when we do our game of the quarters and we get to talk talk about games together. Okay, sweet. So this came out. This is a PS2 game. It was one of the early PS2 games. I was also. Say, it wasn't a launch title, but it was an early game, right? Yes, that sounds right to me. Uh, 2001. And uh, Jay, why don't you kick us off? Just tell sure. us what it's, what, what's it about? So Tristan Metal Black, I think, was the third installment? Third or fourth? I think, uh, there, the were, I think there were three on PS1, and then this was the fourth one. On PS2. I definitely I, I played the first and second one growing up. I don't remember if the, yeah. So okay. Anyways, so this is apparently the fourth installment. Um this was, like Robert said, an earlier game in PS2's history. And it was it was around this time for me that I played a lot of like darker games, like games that were kind of fucked up a little bit in a way. It was like this and Hitman. Uh, was it Hitman? Shit, I can't remember the name of it. The one where you have to Oh uh, uh Manhunt, I think was Manhunt, thank you. My yeah. God. You knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. This is where our friends. Manhunt. Uh, these, these games. Uh, I don't know if Manhunt came around around, around the exact same time, but I played these games very close together. Or rather, I never played Manhunt as a child. I watched my brother play it uh, because I was just terrified of that game. Uh, but Twisted <laughs> Metal Black was was a really like obviously Twisted Metal in general. The overall concept of the game, where people are basically being drawn into some form of a tournament in order to gain, like if you will, a wish of some kind, uh, was kind of dark on its own for the fir- for the first installments of the series. But Twisted Metal Black took it to another level of fucked upness the the overarching story of the game is is actually from the characters that i played this time and the characters that i remember they're all at this same prison and calypso or it's not yeah it was calypso that approached them and gave them the opportunity right yeah Yeah. so calypso approaches each of the characters individually tells them that he has this tournament style thing going on and if they win um they basically will get the thing that they want most and th- what's really cool about this game, one, the opening scene for this, the, the song that plays is so well, like, tuned with the style of game. Yeah. I, I thought, that, like, the opening, like, the opening scene to get to the main menu, the menu music, and then the overall, like, theme of the intros, because there's an introduction video. I believe each one is unique for every character, at least the characters that I played. Yeah. They are all generally the same, right? It's basically, they show the prison, they talk, the character gives backstory they talk about what they want why they're there or not sometimes why they're there and then what calypso basically told them um i played the first character i played was sweet tooth which is kind of i don't want to say it's like the main character but it's like the character that i think most people he's think like of the mascot character yeah uh and his story is did you play a sweet tooth at all a little bit yeah okay his story is really fucked up. Um, he's basically in prison for life because he was a murderer. It just an, he killed a lot of people, enjoys murdering people. Uh, he was then cursed, which he's just in excruciating pain at all time. He wears like somewhat of like a clown garb. He's basically shirtless. He wears suspenders that are uh, with polka dotted pants. He wears a clown mask that looks awful. His head is constantly on fire. And his whole goal uh, is to have the curse lifted from him. That's That's kind of what his his primary story is. So um, the actual gameplay twist metal black is just like the other installments. You basically are a third person uh, kind of over the shoulder view, if you will. Is that probably, uh, it's just a third person. Just third view. person. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, yeah, I guess you could, you could call it over the shoulder. Yeah, it kind of feels like it at times, but I think it can kind of go either way. So, uh, Twisted Metal Black, uh, the the overall gameplay is definitely improvement from the, the earlier ones. They they took feedback from from the earlier games and, and made some improvements. So, the the style of the game is obviously you drive around, you're in third person, and your whole goal in each level is to annihilate everybody else that's there. Pretty pretty. Yeah, straightforward. driving around cars, shooting at each other, blowing each other up until there's one person left. Yep. Each character has their own stats based on their their quote unquote playstyle. Some characters are tankier, some characters are faster, easier to control, uh, stuff like that. Right. That that's kind of the general general uh, theme of it. Uh, throughout the levels, there's power ups. There's different uh, weapons you can get. You can swap between the weapons, uh, use them. Each character has their own unique special. They they had that in the earlier ones, but you could definitely see that they took a an additional. Um, they really made the specials feel significant. They did. Uh, Sweet Tooth is is awesome. Dope. It's dope. He basically becomes a transformer. He uh-huh. kind of like there's like this humanoid looking thing that kind of pops out of it. It's still part of the car, but it looks very humanoid uh, because initially he has a, a flaming skull that looks like his character on the top of it. And when he uses ultimate, it basically transforms like a transformer into a humanoid looking thing to some extent. And then it does his iconic laugh and it just does an obscene amount of damage. And it's it just shoots a shitload of missiles. Yeah. And it does so much damage. I do remember when I played this as a kid, remembering Sweet Tooth's damage seemed really high for his ultimate. And my God, it feels that way. In this one, there's a lot more uh, ability to heal. There's like power-ups that heal you. There's also like the charging stations that heal you. So when I was playing, it was it was interesting to me. I played on normal, by the way. I don't know if you turned the difficulty up or down, but I did normal. the characters, when you would engage with them, usually in each level, there was like eight-ish opponents that you were fighting. Uh, you would do damage to them and then you would go away. Like maybe you got low, so you went away to heal. Uh, you got more weapons, so you come back, and they would usually be healed up because they. Oh, would really? I never noticed that. Yeah. So, so what I am realizing is, like, when you fight somebody, you basically just want to all in and kill them because if you don't, uh, you'll probably come back and they'll be healed, and it's just kind of annoying. Also, a lot of times I would try to find somebody out on their own because if you tried to fight in like a pile of other other um, AI they would just annihilate you while you were doing it. Either you would get interrupted while you're trying to kill somebody, huh. or you yourself would take damage to a point where you would um, have to like run away and go heal and come back. Did um, you... Um, oh, talking about like fighting other guys, How so one thing that I found is that even though it is a free-for-all, 99% of it is up to you to kill everybody. They do... They do very. I did actually one time see somebody kill somebody else, but only once. I felt like they did. The other characters do very little damage against each other, and it's really up to you to finish off everybody. I felt the exact same way. Um, they, they, yeah, they really don't. And like, they, they go for power ups and stuff. Like, they'll grab them, but I was like, okay, they don't seem to use them that much. Like, uh, the late and, and the later levels went on. The AI definitely got more annoying, but they didn't necessarily start killing each other. They would die, especially in like the rooftop level. Um, they would die. They would absolutely fall off the edge and die. Okay. But beyond that, they generally did not kill each other. So, yeah. Um, the level design, it. I will say in the so so the color palette for this one was just gray and brown. I felt like the almost every level was dark gray and brown. Like there was just shades of gray and brown throughout it. Uh, they, obviously, there's some exceptions, but for the most part, I feel like the levels were really kind of blah. They felt very similar across the board from start to finish, and the overall uh, level design themselves wasn't really that incredible some of the later levels like the the rooftop level was kind of interesting but for the most part i just felt like they were you were in like a a box and there was some cool jump areas 
but generally speaking, you were if you wanted to actually interact with the AI, you had to fight in the middle of the level. There are there's a there's a lot a decent amount of destruction you can do in the levels. You can break through windows, go into buildings, destroy houses. Uh, there's like the first level you can crawl on top of the crane and ride the crane up. Um, but for the most part, you're really just in the middle fighting, and then eventually you'll go out, have to grab some additional weapons or healing, and then come back and just do the same thing over and over. Did you have the same experience? Yeah, I, I didn't really think about that, but now that you say it, that is pretty true. A lot of the, I mean, like, there are very different levels, whereas, like, I guess the one exception to all that you said is the highway one, where most of it is, like, yeah. a big highway loop with some little areas that you can go off to on the side. But besides that, yeah, most of them are, it's, like, a big, giant level with a lot of open spaces and then a few, like, nooks and crannies here and there. Um and some of them, you know, are maybe a little bit more elaborate with multiple levels, like, you know, Z, like Z-wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, a lot of them are just kind of like, there, there's not a whole lot of variety to really the layout. Um, and, and colors too, like there are, like there are some cities and then there are some where you're just in like a big dirt area. But, yeah, yeah. But, but yes, not a whole lot of like visual distinction between even between those really um so yeah i think that's fair i think that's that's the fair assessment i actually thought it was a, a bit of a downgrade in that regard from the original ones because i i don't i can't like speak to it confidently but when i think about the older ones i remember there being some like brighter levels and this i feel like almost every level that i played was really dark like it was hard to see it was it was hard to yeah. see yeah also okay. the levels are a lot bigger yeah. Um, which I don't know is, is necessarily good. I'm sure at the time everybody was like, yeah, the levels are even bigger. But but now going back to it, I feel like maybe the first Twisted Metal had like really good level sizes where you don't spend much time just driving around looking for people, you know? I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. And I... I, I... I think Twisted Metal as a as a concept is interesting. I definitely think if they explored it more, they could add some additional mechanics to make it, uh, to bring it to life today. I got pretty bored, um, probably about an hour in. It just felt like every level was just rinse and repeat. Um, there was not really, I didn't have to really do anything creative. The boss battle, the first, the boss battle, like it was a level three or level four where you're in the arena. Which oh, is stupid. I thought it was kind of badass. Really? I like, just feel like I just, I, I realized I, I, I just, I was running away and trying to do some damage. And then he like flamethrowered me for like 90% of my health. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I just have to all in him. And then eventually I just realized like, you just have to trade with him. You cannot just kite him around and heal and do damage. Like I ended up just all in him and killing him eventually. Cause I, I, I lost, I think I lost two lives on that level. Um, so, okay. Maybe not necessarily the gameplay of the level, but I thought the boss itself was badass. is, is more or less what I thought. Like it's this I can agree to that. big tanker. Yeah. Which is like five times bigger than any other, than like the biggest actual like player in the game. And he's got a big ass flamethrower that he. He's the prior off. winner. He's the, the, the runner up. Yes. Or not the runner up. He was the, the, the prior year's winner. So. Uh, Who did you play as? I played as Sweet Tooth a little bit. I played as. The only other two characters that I played as were the Evangelist guy. Did you play as him at all? Yeah. Huh? No, I played as uh, Sweet Tooth and Shadow. I did Shadow Star also. Yeah. Dude, her story was was pretty intense also. It was. Almost all of them were. I, I watched I'm some sure of the other intros. Were. So I, I forgot to share it too. So my emulator, so PS2 emulations are I've been getting worse, I feel like, in the last couple of years, but huh. my emulation failed like half more than halfway through the game. I got I think I beat the rooftop level and then it started to fail, or maybe it was maybe I failed on the rooftop level. I ended up having to re-download the entire game and a new emulator to try and get it work again, and it just 
every time I get to this one part, it would just black. It would just black screen and crash. Oh, that sucks. So yeah, so I ended up just like trying a couple other characters, and then I went on YouTube and watched some of the stories, just kind of see how they close out and stuff. Sweet Tooth's uh, closer is. Did you did you finish Sweet Tooth? I don't think I did. What what happens on his? So at the end of it, he he gets the end clips. Was like, okay, like here, here's the here's the antidote to cure your curse. Um, If you drink this, it'll remove the curse. But if you kill anybody, uh, you'll instantly be cursed again, and you'll go back to where you are. And so Sweet Tooth's like, in ten seconds, I realized what I needed to do. And he crushed the vial under his foot and just killed Clipso. <laughs> oh, I did see that actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I do remember that now that you say that's it. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, is this is that's the perfect ending for him. Um, Shadows yeah. was like really dark, but in a more serious way, kind of like her best friend was killed, and she's trying to basically get revenge for her. And there's parts where it talks about her like cutting herself and things like that. It's kind of. Yeah, it's kind of intense. Um, the evangelist guy, I forgot it. I didn't write down his name. I just wrote evangelist guy. Um, he, uh, his special is he's got a harpoon like on the front of his car that he launches. Interesting. But there's a person impaled on the harpoon. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. They're just like impaled on it, like kind of away from their arms around. And then you launch it at somebody. But not only that. I didn't realize this until I had been playing with him for like 15 or 20 minutes, but he drives kind of a, kind of like an El Camino type car. Okay. And I didn't notice until I, until I like looked a little bit more closely in the back in like the truck bed part of it. There's a person wrapped up and chained down in the trunk, like, like what? kind of squirming around. Dude, that is so. I cannot believe that came out at that time. I know. Parents must have been furious. That's what I kept Fast thinking. That's exactly <laughs> Fast and Furious. That's that's what I kept thinking too. Like I was like, damn, I can't believe they did this. Like when um, when on one of Sweet Tooth's, like I think it's on his intro scene. It shows like a flashback to him, like one of his murders, and it oh just, yeah, <laughs> it's just him going, "Shut up and bleed, you motherfucker!" And then it cuts away real quick. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't believe Jeez. the language. I legit, I was like surprised at the level of language that that game was able to get away with. Yeah. Um, so one thing that really stood out to me, and it didn't sound from what you said like like you had the same experience. I found this game incredibly difficult, and and it sounds like you didn't really like. I could, I had to use cheats to get past the second level. So once I figured out to, so what I, what, what I initially was doing was like going into the, the big dog fights and doing stuff. And then I, I was dying a lot. So what I ended up doing is I would wait for somebody to go on the outlier or like drag somebody out there and then I would just kill them. And then I would drive around and heal. And I would just do that over and over and over. It was, as I was saying, it wasn't fun. It just became like, hmm. okay, this is the only way to win. And I would just do that on every level or just get like three ultimates or two ultimates, whatever the cap is, and just do it to somebody and just one-shot them and then just drive around until I could find more. It was not... Uh, it was difficult, for sure. I just okay. had to find, like, a really cheeky way to win. Um, That must have been... I guess I just didn't realize that. I didn't figure that out. So, after several... After trying with, you know, several different characters and not being able to get past the second level, I just used... there. I found just a god mood cheap. And I used that to play through it. Um, evidently, I played through it with Sweet Tooth because I, I, I do find I did I did remember that last part, and I played through the whole thing with Shadow. Um, the the other person I did was the Evangelist guy, but I didn't play it through it with him. He was the one of the ones that I kind of gave up on. Um, but uh, 
Well, oh, another thing that I thought was was pretty sweet is that it was the final boss is a helicopter. Oh yeah, it's very difficult. Did you? So I guess you beat the helicopter without having to use any cheats or anything. Which one? No. So oh, did you not? I, the rooftop. Which one do you fight the helicopter at? Who's the <clears> final <throat> boss? I don't know. I, I, so my file got corrupted on the rooftop level. Which I think is the level. I think you fight him. I went. I went on YouTube probably. afterwards and watched all the ends. Oh, okay, that's where you saw the sweet thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's probably the the. I don't remember exactly, but that is very likely the last level. But yeah, the final boss is a damn helicopter, and it's very difficult. I don't even remember exactly what happens. It's got some kind of electric shield around it, and you have to do what? What? What do you have to do? You have to do something. To disable the electric shield, it's like you have to hit something that like shocks it or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly. And then it's down for a limited amount of time, and you do as much damage as you can in that time, and then it you know goes back to the routine. Then it gets its shield back, and you have to go through it again. But obviously, the whole time you're having to dodge like helicopter missiles. But I just thought it was awesome that you have to fight a helicopter. <laughs> that is pretty cool, and I, I can only imagine. So, so I want to clarify: it was this game was very difficult, and not. Not like a fun kind of difficult, what I call stupid difficult. Like it, it just, there were a lot of parts where I was just like, holy shit, this is so stupid. Uh, I actually thought about using cheat codes at a certain point, but then I found like a really cheesy way to win and just did that over and over and over. Okay. So. So what's what's your verdict? Uh, it was not as good. I, I expected it to be better than it was. I thought it was going to hold up pretty well. I mean, the overall theme of the game was still well done. Like the music is great. Uh, the characters are really cool. Uh, the gameplay was not fun. I will say certain characters were definitely more fun than others because the characters with high control, like the Grim Reaper, I think his name is, or Mr. Grim, were pretty fun because they had like really high control. See the motorcycle? Yeah, he's the dude on the motorcycle. Um, pretty cool. Like the, the overall control was fun. The bigger, like heavier characters I thought were really boring to play. Uh, like Shadow was okay. Shadow's the big truck, correct? Like the... I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Shadow was okay to play. It just was. It just didn't feel. It wasn't. I didn't feel like I was in control of my character a lot of times because it was just so slow paced. Um, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, I think I kind of. I think I kind of feel similar to you. Gameplay wise, it wasn't. I used to just love this freaking game. Me too. I love the whole series. Yeah, um, and gameplay wise, I. I was not enamored with it like I was in 2001. Um, but I still, I think, it sounds like you kind of feel the same way. I still, like, am amazed at the story. Like, what they had the yeah. balls to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> like right? Any, like, I thought it was pretty awesome. Like, it goes, like, sometimes, every once in a while, it might kind of cross the line a little bit. But, yeah. but I still give them a lot of credit for, for taking like those narrative risks and, and, and doing that, even if sometimes they took it a little bit too far that in my, for me, that's a that's better than, than playing it too safe. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought so as well. I mean, it was really fucked up. I would love for them to like, I don't know the, the, those writers, I wish they would make like an animated series or something. I would watch that. Cause that oh, they sick. did a great job for like, for like three minutes. I mean, the introductions are literally three minutes long. They're damn good. Like you, you understand the character's motivation, like why they, why they are where they are. Like you understand very quickly, and it's like, okay, I'm kind of here for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so. All right. There's twisted. There's anything else? Yeah. Oh, I sorry. I don't think. No, I was, I was just gonna say that's, that's it. That's twisted middle black. Yeah, I don't think I had. 
think we pretty much covered it. Um, okay. I was trying to think of anything I thought. Anything else? I was looking at my notes too, but uh, that was it. That's pretty much it. Yep. Do you have any others to talk about today? Not today. There's some games I'm, I'm playing right now that I'll probably talk about more in, the, in subsequent episodes, but um, yeah, nothing so far. Okay. Well, I've got two more that I need to... 11? You have 11? Jesus, Robert. <laughs> I need to knock off the list. Um, let's start off with... We'll go... I, oh, wait, real quick. I meant to ask you when you, you mentioned this a minute ago. Manhunt. Is that game any good? I have no idea. I never played... Okay. <laughs> I never I played it. I've tried it since I was a kid. And I I just remember it being... Like, it's still really fucked up. Like, even today. Uh-huh. Like the quintessential, the thing that I can speak to the most is that there's a level where you have to kill somebody with a plastic bag, mm-hmm. and you literally have to sneak up behind them and suffocate them with a plastic bag. I will never forget it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it definitely sticks on my mind. So okay, I have to try it at some point. Um, all right, let's start off with let's let's keep the the dark theme going for a minute, and I'm going to talk about Blood for PC. Uh, which came out in 1997. <clears throat> this is a first-person shooter from the DOS era, or I guess late DOS, late DOS era. Um, it, I don't know what engine it uses, but it feels a little bit more like Duke Nukem than Doom. Um, and it's the so it's a first-person shooter, and it's the whole basis of it is you fighting like basically satanic cult um what do they call them like cult like acolyte type characters uh-huh. as well as bodies that have risen from the dead and gargoyles and shit like that so it's kind of like if doom wasn't in space and it was grounded a little bit more in the occult this is kind of what it would be like with with a with with like i said although it feels a little bit more like duke nukem it could just kind of control and graphics wise um, and it's the same, it's the same exact, uh, format as those games. You start at the beginning of the level, go around, kill a bunch of bad guys, find keys to this or that room, find probably, you know, a number of, you know, you often find a number of secret doorways along the way where you find ammo and better weapons and that kind of stuff. Then you get to the end of the level and then you get a little screen telling you how good you did, and then you start a new level. It's that exact same format that that you know pretty much all first person shooters back then uh, used. It's um it's pretty challenging because a lot of times, similar really similar to Doom, you you have a good amount of ammo, but not enough just to just to use it all all the time. So you so you have to be careful about what weapons you're using. So like the the kind of corpses that rise and just sort of walk at you. It's usually best to use your melee weapon against them so you're not using up ammo. And your melee weapon is a pitchfork. So and and they take like four or five hits with it, but generally they're they're not easy to kill, but they're easy enough to where it's not worth wasting the ammo uh, on them. Um, and then like a bunch of other ones, like you know, we, like uh, there are plenty of spots where you walk into a room and then there was like a kind of like a wall behind, you know, behind you behind the door sort of that you came in. So there are people like automatically behind you or like right off to the side, like behind a little column or something that maybe you don't see them. And then they start shooting you and you don't notice them and then you die. So you have to just like be very careful about 
pretty much everywhere you go and like always looking around like pretty much 360 de- uh, degrees to make sure you didn't miss somebody or there wasn't somebody hiding here or there. Um, but it's very, I mean, I guess you can already kind of tell this from, from the setup, but it's very, very dark. Um, there, one of the weapons you get is a, uh, there are, um, a number of weapons that actually can set characters on fire. And one of the earlier ones that you get is like a flare gun (laughs) and the flare gun is really good, but it doesn't kill people instantly. You shoot somebody with it. And typically it, 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 it like hits them and then after, and then it waits a few seconds and then it catches them on fire. So even though it only takes one shot, you kind of have to shoot them and then like get out of the, and like duck and hide somewhere for a second. Cause they'll still be able to shoot you for a second after you've hit them before they catch on fire. But then once it like finally ignites and they catch on fire, then they start yelling and screaming and running after you and they start yelling, it burns, it burns. Which is like, I know, exactly. (laughs) The first time, that was my exact reaction the first time I saw it happen. I was like, geez, this is pretty damn intense. Um, Another flame weapon you get later is just this, like a hairspray can with a a lighter in front of it. Um, And then you do have, you know, more, you have like, of course, you get a shotgun at one point. You get a, uh, like a Tommy gun. I can't remember if you get just a plain handgun or not, um, but you do get some of like the more basic weapons. But another cool one that you get later on is a voodoo doll, and you just point at in the direction of a bad guy and then start stabbing the voodoo doll, and that does damage to him. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, the The level design is overall pretty good. There were not too many that were overly confusing um but there is a lot of you like i said kind of like doom style go around find you know you find a locked door eventually you find a key to it you go to that one you find a key and there to a different place that you go to and it's kind of like you know find two or three keys and eventually you'll find your way to the exit of the of the level um one of the levels one of the earlier levels actually is like a it was like a fucked up carnival type thing where all the like there was like all the different areas of the level that you go in are different parts of a carnival like there's one where there are signs of like you know see the world's large or smallest man or like see the like the world's first donkey man or something like that and then you got to kind of like go through these little corridors and I don't even think they even had the attractions at the end it was just like set up as if that you know it, it were that part of the carnival sure. there's there's one where it's like this big room with like bleachers and there was a um like a like a high wire that you can go across and find I don't know like it had ammo at the top or something if you got up there things like that um they did a good job of of creating an interesting level variety where it's not all like can it like doom does a pretty good job with it but every level in doom is just pretty much the same theme it's yeah. like you know some maybe some lava and stuff some high-tech looking rooms and and that's kind of it whereas this one had that one and there was one there's there was one part where i was like on a ship there's one where i was on a moving train there's the carnival level there there was there were some in like castles um they did a really good job of of giving you a good level variety there was one part where I went into a room and there were these like 
bodies hanging from the ceiling. And there was a switch. So I went to hit the switch like to see what door this opens. And when I hit the switch, it lowered one of the bodies into a meat grinder. Jesus. <laughs> so that's so you kind of get the idea, I think. That's that's kind of the feel that you're going with um that you're that you're getting with this game. Which my reaction to playing this was pretty much the exact same to playing Twisted Metal Black, which yeah. was like I Damn, I can't believe they did this back then. This was 1997. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's even more egregious. Mhm. I can't believe they were doing this, which which I give them a lot of credit for trying to for 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 pushing the boundaries. And overall, it really was a it was a solid shooter. I mean, it was fun. The 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 bad guys are cool. It was challenging. It was it's very challenging, but not in an unfair or impossible way. It's just, you really have to pay attention to what you're doing. I mean, there are some unfair deaths here and there, like I said, where you walk through a door and there's somebody like in a nook kind of off sure. to the side behind the door and they start shooting you immediately. So you just got to really just similar to doom. You just got to make sure that you save constantly. Oh God. Um, but, but overall I thought it was really a pretty awesome game. It was, uh, it was, it was a solid shooter. I'd say. So that, that yeah, fun. Yeah. That was that's blood, and the other one that I have for tonight is Dragon Quest V. So, this is a JRPG. It came out originally on the Super Famicom in 1992. It never got a North American release until 2009. They did a remake of it. Um, uh. The D I can't remember if there were if more than one platform got the remake, but it was remade on the DS, okay. on the Nintendo DS. Um, there was one other. I guess that would what what PlayStation era was that? Was that that was PS3? I guess. The DX DS. Yeah, two thousand nine. Oh, oh, I don't know. Let After me, PS2, it all gets kind of blurry. Yeah. So, well, anyways, the, it came out on the DS as well as... Oh, no, it was PS2 that it came out. Uh, okay. okay, okay. The PS2 version came out in 2004. The P, oh, Sorry, let me start over. So, originally, it came out in 92 on the Super Famicom. The whole podcast over. Then it, got a, it then it got a remake for the PS2 on 2004, but this is telling me that that was also only Japan. Then... It also came, then it later, the remake came out on the Nintendo DS in North America, as well as other territories. Okay. That's the version I played is the bottom line. Um, the Dragon Quest series is um, like the quintessential JRPG series. It pretty much is the definition of JRPG. Um, one thing that, so I really like Dragon Quest 1. The only one, the only other one that I had played, in before I until I played this one was the most recent one, which is Dragon Quest Eleven. That one I like, but I don't love. It's um, it's got great production value and all that, and it's and they they still use turn based combat, which I love, but it like something about it is too. It feels like eating. A thousand cupcakes or something like that. <laughs> like, if that it's like everything is too colorful and too okay. kind of cartoonish. Maybe not too colorful because I like colorful stuff, but like, 
too cartoonish, too kind of uh, like happy and goofy and just silly. Uh, like contrasted with, for instance, the Final Fantasy series, which has like really good emotional parts, like really kind of cool enemy designs and stuff. This one, enemies are like little slimes that smile and bounce at you or like giant, like giants <laughs> that just look goofy giant, giant. <laughs> that look goofy and hit you with a club and like things like that. Like, I don't know something about it just is a little bit too over the top, cheerful Cheesy. and happy and funny. Yeah. Um, this one is it pretty much hit me exactly the same way as dragon quest 11. It's a, it's a really solid game. Like over like gameplay wise is really pretty good. Um, it's just kind of the tone that I, that I think I'm figuring out. I just don't love about the dragon quest games in general. You know, the very first one I liked so much, it was on NES. So they didn't really have the ability to make it like this. Um, but now, but once you get, you know, more graphical fidelity and that kind of stuff, and these things start to come out a little bit more. I just, I got very far. I got like 20 hours into it maybe. Wow. And then I just didn't really, it was just like a little bit too much. It was like too much sugar. Um, so, so Robert, I can never get enough sugar from you. Just here. That's good to know. I'm glad yeah. the game is. So you play like the, the it's based on you following around one character, like the main character. You, you start off with just him, but later on other characters join. So you do get a party of your, you have four people in your party. Some of those are characters that join as part of the story. Others are characters that you recruit, which this game is kind of unique in that sense is you recruit. Eventually, eventually you get to the point where you start recruiting monsters to fight with you, like other bad guys. Okay. Um, once you, when you get to a certain point, you like something says, Hey, um, sometimes when you fight a bad guy, they'll, instead of trying to attack you, if you defeat them, then they'll ask to join you because they, I don't remember like the reasoning behind it. It's like, Oh, they respect sure. how awesome you are. So they want to join. So once they you get, that you kick their ass. they respect that you kick your ass. So once you get to that point in the game, which is not that long in maybe four or five hours, then whenever you defeat, whenever you win an encounter, then there's a chance that any one of the bad guys you fought will ask to fight for you. Um, and there's, as far as I know, there's, there's no benefit to turning them down. So you'll say yes. And they join. So you get this caravan of bad guys following you. You can actually have eight people in your whole caravan, Wow! but only four of them fight at a time. Okay. Um, kind of like, I guess sort of like final fantasy 10, where you have all these people in your party, but you only have a certain people, number of people on the field at once. Um, yeah. that's, that's sort of how it is. Although you can't, you cannot change them out on the fly. Like you could in final fantasy 10. Um, so you have a bunch of people following you four of them fight at a time. You can, you usually cannot trade them out in a dungeon. If you want to change anybody out, then you have to do that on the overworld for the most part. There are a couple exceptions to that. Um, but then even on top of that, if you even if your caravan's full and if you, win another encounter and somebody else wants to join, which it doesn't happen that often. It happens like I want to say one out of every 
20 or 30 battles somebody will ask to join. Maybe even more than that sometimes. Um, so if your caravan is full and a monster asks to join, they can still join you. You just have to... There's like a monster tamer who is in certain towns. and he Or he's like... Uh, he's not a monster tamer, but he's like a monster like nanny, basically. Can't, I don't know what they actually call him in game. But he takes care of the monsters. You can drop off monsters with him and he takes care of any monsters that are not in your caravan. And so if you're, if it's full and somebody asks to join you, then you just pick somebody to kind of like automatically send off to go stay with the monster nanny guy. So there there's, you don't lose out if your party's full already and you want to recruit somebody else. Obviously some of the monsters are better than others and you know, they all have their kind of strengths and weaknesses and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a cool mechanic. Um, the, uh, the story is, it's actually kind of interesting. The story, so it starts off, so there are a couple minor spoilers here for the beginning of the game for maybe the next minute, but it starts off, basically what happens is you have this dad who's like king badass, but at one point he comes to help you out with like you're in a dungeon or something, he comes to help you out, and long story short is he actually gets killed by bad guys and then you are just like a young little kid at the time. You get captured and sent off into slavery. Jesus. I know. And then it doesn't sound like it's going to be like a happy, cheerful game based on that. And that's and I was like, geez, wow, this isn't what I was expecting. But then, of course, it eventually does make the turn into what, what I was kind of describing it does get to. Um, right. It picks up after that with you 10 years later. And basically you escape and then go off and start doing stuff. And there's not much of an overarching story besides there is some kind of mystery about exactly what happened with your dad. But most of what you're doing here is like little incidental things that pop up like, oh, I heard this guy is in trouble. Let's go save him. Oh, okay, we got back. Now this is going on. Let's go see what's going on with that. There's not like one big thing that you're trying to kind of get to the bottom of, generally speaking. I'm sure there is, but not at the point that I had gotten to yet. Um, the, the graphics are great. They're wow. actually really, really good. Um, the, most of the bad guys are kind of, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. They're kind of animated almost in a 3d sort of way. It doesn't use, it's not a 3ds game. It doesn't actually literally use 3d, but it'll be like where maybe their head is animated separately from the middle of their body. And, and then maybe like the back of their body is animated a little bit more separately. So like, I don't know if that really makes much sense, but it'll show their head moving around like a little bit more and maybe like their neck or the rest of their body is moving around a little bit less. So it kind of gives this, this really kind of neat feeling of depth. And uh, another thing is it's the, the game is, like the perfect level of challenging. I feel like there are plenty. Yeah. There are plenty of dungeons where when you get to them, you're not quite strong enough to go through, which is kind of what I really liked about the first dragon quest game. It's not grindy in the sense that, Oh, here's a boss that I'm just not strong enough to get. Let me go kill a thousand level one mobs and then go back and fight him. It's more like everybody is pretty difficult. Let me see like how far out I can get. And then get back safely before, you know, my party dies or before people in my party die, then go back and heal up and then go back out 
again and see if I can get a little bit farther into this dungeon, which it took me a long while to figure out exactly what it was about this kind of grindiness that I'm okay with, but, but I'm not okay with grindiness in other games. And it's that, and I think it's what I just said is that exact feeling of some games you'll be fighting mobs in random encounters and like just, you just mash X because you're, there's like, because there's, they're very easy to kill. And then you get to a boss and the boss is a thousand times stronger than everything. So then you have to go back to these much lower level mobs, just doing like mindless battles against dozens of them to level up and then go fight the boss. That sucks. But what I do like is when the random encounters themselves are challenging. And then you have to kind of, again, you have to judge how far out you can go before you kind of need to turn back and go back to a town and heal. Um, And not only that, but also when you're fighting the more challenging kind of random encounters, it makes those more interesting because you actually have to think about how you're going to fight them. You have to think about what spells you're going to use, what your strategy is for this fight, because sometimes you might be fighting like 10 mobs at once. Like some of the encounters are really big. Other times you're just fighting one or two guys. So you actually, so I like that aspect of, I like that type of grindiness where you're getting stronger, not just for one boss, but to be able to just get farther out into the world map or into dungeons and things like that. Which again, that's what Dragon Quest One did very well, also, and this game really does it great as well. So I I really like the way that it's challenging. Um, overall, though, like like I said, it, it's very cartoonish. I guess is the best way to describe it. Which is, it looks great. They did a great job with the graphics, colors are great and all that. But I can only kind of take so much of it before I just sort yeah. of kind of had too much and then didn't really feel like playing much of it anymore. So there's, so Dra- I'm surprised to hear that you like that, that, that much grindiness. Like I, I never expected you to be, I love me, you know me, I love grindy, grindy style games. So I was surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. It's just, like I said, it's just that, that particular type of grindiness. It has to, okay. and I, that, again, that's something that I really just realized like within the past few days, like I, Always had a little bit of trouble reconciling, like, why do I like this grindy game and not that one? Yeah. And I realize it's when the random encounters themselves are challenging and you have to level up just to kind of get even a little bit farther out. I kind of like that. But when it's just, oh, well, this boss, you just got to do a thousand mindless battles to get strong enough to beat him. That's That to me is not engaging sure. at all. Oh, one more thing. There's a... I don't know if you would count him as a boss or maybe a mini boss, but there's one time, there's at one point in the game where you have to fight a, we'll just call him a boss, great saber cat. This particular boss nearly made me throw my DS out of the, out of the airplane. So I played this, um, Actually, it's been a couple weeks, a few weeks. Well, it's been like a month actually since I've played it. I played. We went on a trip to Seattle last month, and I played this on the plane there. I played it on the plane back, and I played it, you know, a bunch in the hotel as well. Great Saber Cat. Anybody who's played this knows exactly what I'm talking about. He, 
so at this point in the game, you're doing maybe, I want to say, 50 to 100 damage, you know, maybe like rough ballpark per attack. Great Saber Cat, when you attack him, most of the time you miss. And if you, I, I don't know, you just always miss. And if you do hit him, you do between like about, it seemed like one and eight damage. And what's his HP? I'm not sure because I played him for an hour and a half and did not beat him. What? <laughs> so Is there a I'll, mechanic you're not understanding? Yes, there was. Okay. Um, not a mechanic, but like a trick to beating him. Oh, ew. Um, and I, and I, of course that came to mind when I was like, I'm doing basically no damage. And like the first, and that was, that was one of the times that I fought him. There were several times before where I fought him for like 20 or 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, clearly something else is supposed to be happening here. So I tried this and that. I don't remember like what all I tried. Like one of the things I tried were like, he's guarding this chest that you have to get to. One of the things I tried was coming there. There's a day night cycle. So I tried coming at night to see if he was asleep and I could just sneak around him. But no, that didn't work. Um, I literally, I was on the airplane. I was listening to an audio book and I just basically tuned out from the game and and mashed X over and over again while I listened to the audio book. So it wasn't oh just a, a complete waste. You're of a trooper, <laughs> dude. But even fighting him for for an hour and a half this way, I did not beat him. I'll, spoiler for Great Saber Cat for the, like the next 45 seconds, I guess. What you have to do is he's actually a cat that you came across earlier in the game and you have a ribbon from a girl that you were with also earlier in the game. You have to use the ribbon item on him and he smells it and remembers who you are and then he joins your party. Oh, that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I was like, Fuck this great saber cat. I'm going to beat him <laughs> no matter what. And that was when I was like, I'm turning on the audiobook and I'm just going to mash X and, you know, heal every now and then. Sure. Um, but again, after an hour and a half, I still couldn't do it. So that was when I just, that was when I finally threw crazy. in the towel and eventually figured out the real way to beat him or didn't figure out. I looked up the real way to beat him. But yeah, that was quite the ordeal. That is insanity. It was pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it was insanity. Um, so, yeah, oh, like, I don't have anything really bad to say about this game. It's honestly a very good game, like, really good game. It's just, I, I, just the kind of tone and the style just eventually got to be too much for me, and I couldn't really palette it anymore. But overall, like, it honestly is a, a really good game. I'm glad you had some fun with it. Yeah, I I did for a while. Yeah, kind of until I got to my stopping point. Like I I really did enjoy everything except for Great Saber Cat. All right, Jay, we have some business to take care of. Uh oh. Next game of the quarter. Okay. Whew. Although it might be an uh oh because so I'm trying to I, I want to get some I want to get your input on this. I'm trying to think of a game. That's not just going to be like good or not, but that's going to be interesting in some way. Okay. <laughs> so far, the best strategy that I've been able to come up with for uh, picking out an, a game that'll give us a lot to talk about is to play a very bad game. <laughs> that's 
Fair. What are you thinking? Well, first I'm wondering if you if you think that's a good idea because I feel like I do. We I feel like I do this every now and then, and it it's a there's trade offs. Of course, we end up having a a fun discussion, but getting there is the hard part, right? Like get like getting through the game, not not necessarily hundred percent of the way through, but just enduring the game is always a chore, you know, by nature of picking a bad game. Um, I'm waiting for you to drop, drop a name here. That's I don't have, like, okay. So I have several, I have several written down. Of course, you The first one that came to mind is quest 64. Oh, I played, I played that for the podcast before you played it for the podcast. Sure, sure, let's have, I played oh, it last damn. Year, so I'd imagine I talked about it. Okay. Here. So maybe not that one since you're no, I'm still here for it. It's a dog shit game and it makes it literally makes no sense. And yeah, it's really really it is like I want to make an RPG. And then you play it and you're like, this person's never made an RPG before in their life. <laughs> it feels rough. Uh I would be open to it though, because I haven't played it for a long time. So Okay, so alright, well then uh Quest 64 is maybe a possibility. Um so I looked, I did a search for worst RPGs on Super Nintendo. Two that popped up pretty consistently were Seventh Saga and, I've heard the name. and Draken. Um, you know, so you've heard the name, but you don't know too much about either of those, I guess. I didn't either. I had heard of Seventh Saga, but I didn't really know anything about it. Sure. Um... We could also do Bubsy 3D, which is PS1, I want to say. We could do Back to the Future for NES. Oh, man. That is a throwback. <laughs> we could... Well, oh, there was one that I found for Dia. Oh, okay, well... Can't find any more, so that's... So we're missing one of them. Um... Those are the bad ones that I've decided, but we don't necessarily have to do one, a bad game. Another one that came to mind that could be kind of interesting and, and isn't supposed to actually be bad is Tex Murphy under a killing moon. Um, it is a live action FMV game. Oh, interesting. What, what system is it for? It's a PC. It's on GOG. It's a PC okay. game. It's ten bucks on GOG. You can pull it up. Uh, well, here I'll just I'll send you the link right here. This is just to kind of give you an idea of what it looks like. Here, here it is. It's like a point and click adventure FMV detective game. Okay. It looks silly and dumb, but it's supposed to kind of actually oh be pretty. Oh my god, this, these pictures! <laughs> yeah. It's supposed, what I hear is it's actually supposed to be pretty good. I mean, it's got a 4.6 out of 5 from user ratings on GOG. It's supposed to wow. be, it's supposed to be good. Um, And just kind of randomly, the only other one that I had in mind was uh, Dark Cloud, maybe? PS2, I think that was PS2, yep. right? Have you ever played I Dark I think that was PS... It was PS2. Two? Yeah, PS2. Um, that's just supposed to be good in general. So like, I don't know. I kind of felt like playing that one sometime soon, but this, that doesn't really fit my description of interesting, like kind of just different and unique in some way. Uh, it's, it's just supposed to be like a, just a generally good game. 
I'm up at eighties to be honest. With you. They all sound kind of interesting in their own way. You can also look at Tulip. I don't know if you've ever looked at Tulip. Lisa played it. And Tulip, Tulip? Tells me we should play it. Yeah, it's a. It's like a. I, I want to say it's gonna be kind of weird. Ah, yeah, How do you I guess spell this? Of, uh, ooh. C H U L. Uh, Tulip. Uh, C yeah, C H U L I P. So it's got a Majora's Mask element where the map is different based on the time of day and which day it is. Uh, the whole goal of the game is to kiss everybody. That is literally <laughs> the entire game. Uh, Lisa played it. It's very bizarre and strange, but she also really enjoyed it. So this is crazy looking. Right, let's see. Yeah. So Lip is an adv- This is Wikipedia, an adventure simulation game developed by Punchline. Blah 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 blah. Puts the player in the role of a young man who just moved to a new town and next door to the girl of his dreams. She wants nothing due to him. Due to his family's poor economic status, he writes her a love letter. Love letter stolen. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, here let's let's go down gameplay. Player must improve the hero's reputation in the community of Long Life Town by kissing its various citizens. The player's health is represented by a number of hearts. To gain more hearts, you got to find and kiss other characters in the game. Finding out how and when to kiss the other characters is a pu- okay. This is giving me very moon vibes. Which I just uh, don't know if I can handle. No, no, no. We don't have to play. I, I'm just throwing out an idea because you threw out a bunch of ideas. So. Yeah, I, this this sounds really... That definitely sounds like it fits what I was describing. But as far as the precise gameplay goes, I don't know if I can... I just It's just not sounding... I don't know if I'm going to be able to really devote much into this. I feel like I'm going to get... I don't know. It's just not what I'm in the mood for right now. So, all right. Nope. So let's narrow it down to a few of, of what I mentioned earlier. Let's, let's put Tex Murphy on the list or we could do like the, a randomizer, but I don't know if that's, that sounds as good to me as, as the, as some of the other ones, Tex Murphy quest 64 Bubsy 3d back to the future. You said you're not you're not putting these in a randomizer. Is that what you said? No, no, no. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, what I was also saying is another idea I had. It was just to pull up a random game, like just pick a sure. random game, like we had done before in the past. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but I don't know if I want to do that. I think maybe just one of these is the way to go. Okay. So what are you what are you leaning more towards? I'm leaning more towards either text text Murphy or Quest sixty four. Okay. A good a good game or a bad game. <laughs> what are you what are you more what are you more interested in? Do you want to play something that's awful? Oh, geez. It, it, it's pretty rough. <clears throat> um the combat in the game gets very repetitive too, so it has some it has some redeeming parts to it. The the the, the, the fucking story <laughs> could be could not be the more like basic RPG like I'm in first grade I'm gonna write an RPG story and this is what it's about and that that is how Quest 64 feels like that, like that makes me want to play it more just from how dumb it sounds it, I, was it a uh, release title it was a very early early release for uh, no Quest there were only like two release titles on Nintendo 64 it was okay. Pilot Wings and Wave Racer like I think Wave Race yeah about, yeah I think it was Wave Racer uh, it's, it, I believe it was a very early in the N64's life cycle. Because the graphics, like it's weird to say, but the graphics look, oof, it was rough. <laughs> Did you know this had 
two sequels. No shot. Imagineer released two. Well, okay, it's not technically sequels. Released two other related games for the Game Boy Color. Quest okay. Quest colon Brian's Journey. <laughs> Oof. And a maze game called Quest Fantasy Challenge. Oof. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say something too. Shit. Um, oh, I think the only reason this game is even popular in the slightest is because it came out when there were not a lot of RPGs for N64 and people were like, fuck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no other option. I'm sure that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's, that was probably it. Shit. Uh... No pressure. No pressure. Don't make the wrong decision. Tex Murphy. I have been kind of wanting to play that for a while. And you have played Quest 64. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the fucking cover art. Oh, it's dog shit, right? It's so <laughs> basic. It's him, like, pointing a wand at a pig man. <laughs> that is not a wand. That is his staff, my guy. Okay. What's the difference? His wand is a staff, right? No. The staff is a big wand. I don't know about that one. I feel like wand. Oh, mate. I feel like wands are like, like a wand a dagger. Yes, a wand is like a dagger, and a staff is like a sword. Ah, uh, I feel like sta- 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 uh, staffs are. Uh, I guess they could be one handed. I usually see them as two handed, but yeah. Well, he's holding it in one hand in this in this picture. Oh, there's a. Oh dra- yeah, because he's swanging it. <laughs> there's a dragon in the background. The, by the way, the the combat in that game is, is random. You don't. I, I don't believe. Or can you see the mobs? Maybe you can see the mobs. I don't remember. But when you get into a battle, the the bounds of the battle appear like these little orbs that tell you like the ring basically around you of where you can go and stuff. And you can like move and then cast spells and stuff. And you get to pick which spec you want to go between like the four primary elements. I went air last time, which is the green one. It was not good. It was not good. <laughs> it was not good. I just, okay, I just up, I see exactly what you're talking about. I just pulled up a video and I jumped into the middle and it happened to hit a fight, uh, an encounter where I see this little ring of dots yep. that you're in the middle of. <laughs> like even just the even this battle just looks so basic. It's just like just he's just standing in front of a bad guy. It doesn't attack and then he swings at it, but he's like two inches away from it. It just looks so funny. Yep, that's uh that's about right. <laughs> That's quest sixty four. Well, I don't know. What you pick? What What do you want to do? What, what, oh, don't make me do this. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. This is your choice. Let, let me look up something. How long to beat dot com quest? How far? How long have you you have you ever beaten quest sixty? Oh, it's only an eleven and a half hours. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, I don't <laughs> believe so. I I don't remember where. I remember I got stuck because I couldn't figure out where to go. And then I stopped playing. <laughs> this looks exactly like the game where you could just get stuck and not know where to go. Like for no good reason. Yep. Ajay, I need some input. I need to know what, what you would rather do. What, would you rather play a dumbass game that's going to be funny because it's so bad? Or do you want to play something that looks like it's also going to be funny, but maybe actually good too? If, if I had to pick, I want to listen to you rage. So, sorry. So I would say Quest 64 because I just want to listen to you bitch and moan uh, about how dog shit that game is. All right. Let's fucking do it.
Excellent. Quest 64. <laughs> Quest 64. You know, going into this, I, I kind of had a hunch that we were going to end up with Tex Murphy, but I'm, I'm glad that we ended up with Quest 64. Quest 64 is our game of the quarter. Um, So what's, when does the quarter end? Uh, September? No shot. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got two months, boys. Yeah, so December, like, sometime around the end of December, we'll discuss quests. Wait, you mean September? That's what I said. You said you said December. Oh, so, okay, sorry. So sometime oh, around Jesus, the end of stop. You're, I was like, what is happening to this year? <laughs> September, near the end of that month, we'll be playing. We'll be discussing Quest sixty four for our game of the quarter. Sound good? That works. All right, let's do it. All right. All right <laughs> Let's jump into emails. We've got we have three. There's one from uh from last week that was that I or not last week, last episode that I I saved for this one because it looked like it had some I, I scanned through it and it had some direct uh ad- directly addresses you at some point. Okay. So I saved that one. Uh it better be a friendly email. If it's an aggressive email that you just save for me for a week, I'm gonna remember this. I think it's friendly. This is from Sven. He says, Hi, Robin J. Having just listened to episode 175, I just wanted to once more give you praise. Oh, that's what I like to hear. Want to once more give you praise for after all this time of the CGP's existence, staying down to earth and true to your personalities. And this is honestly meant as a compliment, quote, unprofessional as you were in episode one. Wow. Thank you. I guess. That's very kind. Yeah. Every time I start listening to a new episode, it gives me the feeling of meeting up with old friends who haven't been, quote, assimilated by the industry and who haven't changed very much at all. So in episode 175, for instance, when Rob mentioned the annual induction of a number of video games into the Strong Museum of Plays Hall of Fame had already happened, I knew exactly what Jay would say. It was what he always says. Is it time for this already? We just did this. <laughs> it, it, listen, you have to understand that it, every time we do it, I am I'm getting scared because it, the time is getting shorter and shorter. I know that's like something that people feel a lot as they get older, but every time we do it, like I enjoy doing it very much, and it just surprises me literally every time. It makes me just I don't know. It's insane. Old man time is knocking on the door. Shut up. Yeah, you are correct. Though. He is right. Though. And also, sorry, and also as often before, Rob messed up his lists, didn't know which titles he had already said, didn't know how many inductees there were, had to root about for this and that on his computer several times, and so on. (laughs) And Jay, after hearing the nominees, inquired, as always, (laughs) if If there were any criteria or guidelines explaining which games would be possible inductees, even though Rob has read the museum's explanation on this several times before, once every year. And he'll read it again this year, too. Or the next time we do it. (laughs) Yep. Oh, that's great. So so all this, for me, has just the right amount of Bush League charm. Bush League charm. (laughs) That I like and endear. 
And I dearly hope the CGP will exist for many, many more years without any change. Okay, I mean, two blows were already dealt to the audience. One when Blake left, and one when the top ten lists were terminated. But even though I think both decisions were not for the better, it didn't stop me from listening and enjoying every episode very much. Thank you very much, Sven. That's very kind. By the way, the episode in which you talked about Final Fantasy VIII as the game of the quarter was one one of the best all time in my mind. Wow, that was recent too. Yeah. It was so interesting. That was the last episode that you were on, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the last one. Was it really? Jesus. It was so interesting and also perplexing to learn about all the odd idiosyncrasies this game offers. And I really liked the fact that you took your time going into detail on all the different aspects of the black sheep of the Final Fantasy franchise. This is That's true. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, I think so too. Would this you is, play it again, Robert? Would I play it again? No. <laughs> this is truly something that I often miss with podcasts or with the way information is presented in general nowadays. People creating content usually seem to think they have to rush through things as fast as possible because the millennial ridden audience audience is that correct English doesn't have the attention span to deal with longer, more in-depth information. You prove that this is not the case. Um, I hope all this gives you a feeling of pride and accomplishment. <laughs> I get the, I get the reference. Sven. Before I finish, here's my question of the day. If opportunity, you ready for this, Jay? Opportunity is knocking on the door. Hypothetically. If opportunity knocked on your door, which video game chair character would you have an affair with? (laughs) What? Aerith. Really? He says, let's just assume you were the type of persons that would do that. So don't cop out with saying, I love my wife and would never do such a thing. (laughs) It's unfortunate the wife's in the room, too. (laughs) She was. She just left it that's all for today best wishes Sven this is a good one so yes with the caveat of I love my wife and would never do such a thing Aerith Jesus um don't even have to think about it I don't know um I, I've like legitimately never thought about this before so this is uh <laughs> I've never yeah no I've never either I've never been yeah, if I was gonna have see what's really weird too is because like it's probably gonna be a Final Fantasy character, and most Final Fantasy <laughs> characters are definitely in their teens throughout you're, you're, the throughout the. I see you're more, you're more of a Tifa guy, huh? I, I I wasn't even thinking of Tifa, but yeah, I guess that works too. I just like <laughs> it feels really weird because I mean, you think about like how old is Aerith? They're not like, really no, they're not in their teens. Oh, well, except for uh, Final Fantasy VIII, but not the other ones. Uh, Maybe Final... How old is she? Aerith is... Oh, she's 22. Okay, I assume she was a teenager. No, she does not come across... None of them come across as teenagers to me, except for the Final Fantasy VIII characters. Uh, I always... I'm I'm Googling ages real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... You don't want to just fall into that trap. What'd you say? You don't want to fall into that trap. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I feel like this is how how you get got. Like the FBI's just waiting outside my door based on the answer. It's gonna kick down kick down my door. 
I think I think of all pretty like most Final Fantasy characters besides the ones who are obviously like like Auron is obviously like late 30s early 40s or something like that but like most of the main characters of Final Fantasy games I think of in their like early 20s. Right? Uh well, obviously. I don't know. Obviously. I'm googling right now. Some of them are definitely not. So <laughs> okay. just give me a second. <laughs> which one why don't you tell us which ones you're googling? <laughs> no. <laughs> That is that is not happening. Are you typing you in? Right are you typing in Rule Thirty Four when you when oh, you Google? That's not happening. Yeah, there's a lot. By the, I'm going to tell you so far, all the ones I've searched are underage. So good one, Robert. How old? <laughs> give me just give me an age. So this one is seventeen. What? No. We so, we all right. We at least type it to me so I know personally who you're talking about. This is the last one I googled. Wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just just gonna go Tifa. We'll just do that, and we'll call it, we'll call it good from here. <laughs> actually, hold on a second. <laughs> I actually didn't search hers. You what? Okay, cool. We're good. Yep, yep. We're gonna go Tifa. Yeah, that is a really dangerous question to ask. Honestly, I would have picked the person that you said um, before Tifa. Also, yeah. well, until yeah. I until you until we learned her age. <laughs> 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 you're like oh now that I hold she is I'm definitely here for it no 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 oh jeez let's yeah. move on yeah speaking of getting older by the way <laughs> alright thank you Sven that was a good con- that was a good that was a good conversation no one no don't ever ask us that again <laughs> that was a good icebreaker that's what that's what you should ask people when you meet them for the first time just to start just to get conversation going Fair. don't you think no. <laughs> so what Final nope. Fantasy, what what video game character would you have an affair with? Go. Nope. All right. Next email. This is from uh, my friend Splitty Booms. He says, I, re- I realized after typing this up that this is a long email. You guys do not have to read this one if it's too much, too big. Possible that's what she said joke here somewhere. <laughs> Sorry if you've done this already, but I was thinking about a few games lately that I re- that I'm really enjoying. One of them was suggested by Robert Yakuza Like a Dragon, and I was thinking about how I would probably have never played it if he hadn't recommended it. Then I started thinking, what other games were recommended to me by others and are now some of my absolute favorites? So I pose that to you fellas. What are your top five games that were recommended to you by somebody else? Oh, so man. you don't have to come up with five that'd probably be tough but i don't even know i know what you're about to say and i'm feeling the same way you're about to say i don't even remember if games were recommended to me anymore (laughs) yeah like yeah are we talking about recommend i think he means recommended specifically by a friend right not like something that we were watching and reading classic games no it can be anything okay that's a little easier because i don't like a lot of classic games i played at other people's houses and stuff and I guess that'd be kind of recommendation. Oh, you know which one I did? What was the game? What was the, what's the samurai game on PS4? Travis from uh Nest Friend slash Drunk Friend. Ghost of Tsushima. Oh yeah. I would not have played that if Travis did not have such high praise for it. But I gave it a shot and actually didn't really like it too much. But to answer your question, that is one that I tried based on that I would not have otherwise tried if a friend had not recommended it to me. I wouldn't have played Divinity Original Sin 2. Zach was the one who recommended that to me, and that was a really great game. 
Oh, uh, okay. You know, I probably there was kind of another one that kind of fits the same way. What was the game that we played a while back? Where's Where's online? And you're like built. You're, you're like Valheim. Valheim. Yeah, I Dude, would. That's not have, another good one. Yeah, that was recommended to me as well. Yeah, I wouldn't have played that if you guys weren't like, "Hey, we're playing Valheim. Why don't you? Why don't you play?" Um. Yeah, th- those are the only ones. Those are the only ones I can think of. Do you have any? Uh, I was at Valheim was actually my other one. Not oh, okay. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that was like really sticks out to me. Uh, that's what she said. Robert, come on. Uh, oh, you know what? One more. Reketeer and Item Shop's Tale. Oh, yeah. You recommend Is that, that how you one. say it? Yes. I always thought it was Reketeer. No, oh, it's gosh. Reketeer because they say in the game, like, oh, it sounds too much like Racketeer. Oh, yeah. I do kind of remember that. And, uh, and none, of these, none of these games I really ended up liking. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Don't Starve. Lisa recommended Don't Starve to me. I, I played the show that game. That I definitely spent at least a few hundred hours. Did I have that before? I played that a little bit with you guys also. I don't remember if I already had it or not, but I also didn't like that one. I enjoy the game a lot. It, it, once you like play through it too much, though, it just... Yeah. Kind of falls off. Uh, well, Jay recommended Quest 64, so maybe that'll be yeah. a good one. Okay, um, let's see. Mike, back to Mike's email. He says, uh, okay, I might as well give you mine in no particular order. Fallout 4. My first experience with the Fallout franchise was New Vegas. <laughs> which was New was New Vegas, which was oh, New Vegas is a great one. He said well, he says he says New Vegas for him was only okay and nothing more. Damn, he must have played it years after it came out because I thought four was dog shit. I, that was one of my like, biggest disappointments in the last decade for sure. Let's see. Fast forward however many years after that came out until four came out and a co-worker. Side note for Robert, it was our friend Chris uh, started raving about it, specifically the settlement building. I finally played it and immediately fell in love with the game world. To th- till this day, not many games have provided the level of immersion that Fallout 4 gave me. Wow. That's surprising, based on yeah. what I've heard from you. <laughs> oh, everybody, everybody around me that got it, like it was, we were so excited. We were all playing in the same house, and then two days later, we're like, this game sucks. <laughs> I want to play New Vegas again. Uh, says the way skeletons were placed, showing how people were just going about their day as the bombs hit, or how they were trying to take shelter and died where they stood. The lighting in the subways, the decrepit state of the actual real world landmarks. It was all terrible in the most wonderful way. All right, next one. Chrono Cross su- oh suggested to me by a dorm mate at Michigan State while we were looking for games to rent at Blockbuster one day. He casually said, you should try this RPG and walked away. Little did he know it would introduce me to one of the few games to actually make me emote. <laughs> what? I will always love this game, even though it has faded my memories of all the characters, even though time has faded my memories of all the characters and settings. It has to be opposite day, right? <laughs> Yakuza Year of the Dragon. I think he means Yakuza like a dragon. The characters, the ridiculous situations, try, such as trying to stay awake while watching old movies by playing a mini game where you bop sheep. I literally laughed out loud when I realized I was actually being tasked to do this. The story, the atmosphere, the setting, so, so good. 
Even though there is a ton of dialogue, it isn't distracting or boring. I feel like I'm watching a movie or an anime series. There's so much to do in the world, and I haven't even scratched the surface. Based on the turnstile, but the turnstile, uh, sorry, he says, I wasn't into the other Yakuza game I tried, Yakuza 0, but the turn st- turn-based style in Year of the Dragon is, ex- again, I think he means like a dragon, is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, one of my favorite games ever. Nobunaga's Ambition 2. This was the first PC strategy game I ever played. When I was a kid visiting my huge family of cousins during summers, one of their husbands was a big gamer, so I bonded with him naturally. One day he installed this game on his mother-in-law's old Dell in the basement and told me to give it a try. I didn't grasp anything, so he played through and showed me. I became mesmerized by the story of Odu Nobunaga which the game had a long history of in a text file or something. I slowly started to understand the mechanics, blah, 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 blah. Building up my fief with the weakest daimyos, daimyos was eventually to eventually unite Japan. So he liked Nobunaga's ambition too. I've never heard of this game. And his last I've one, either. his last one is PUBG. As much as this makes me not want to exist anymore, it really is one of my favorite games ever recommended to me. A certain podcaster's sister, along with a former co-worker of mine, Mallory and Chris, kept telling me these epic stories of experiences they had that sounded like actual set pieces instead of just gameplay. Driving boats onto land as they were fleeing snipers, jumping off buildings to escape shotgunners, only to die right in front of teammates from the impact. They finally... Convinced me to play it. As much as I suck at it, I still love how it sparked so many conversations and gave me a chance to get together with friends on a weekend and do something together, especially when we couldn't hang out in person. I, uh, one of my coworkers, uh, we somehow got on the topic of video games and wasn't a big fan of this guy. He's no longer there too, but uh, we were talking one time and he was like, oh, you're into video games. I was like, yeah. And like, he was like, oh, what do you play? And I don't remember what, what I was playing at the time, but I told him, he's like, yeah, I'd like to play a lot of games. Like I love playing PUBG mobile. I have never <laughs> lost more respect for somebody in five seconds or less in my entire life. Like, I'm sorry. If you like PUBG and, and Battle Royale, or, uh, Battle Royales? Yeah, Battle Royales. Sure, I, I guess. Uh, but to play a mobile one on your phone, oh my gosh, man. You have to be some kind of, like, masochist or something. I don't I don't understand why it would ever possess you want to do that. Sounds rough. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> All right, final email. Thank you, thank you, Splitty, for writing in, as yeah, always. Yeah, thanks for writing in. Nice to hear from you. I lost my... Here we go. Emails. Uh, Chase the Night Cleaner. Capping us off. As always. Hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner. I have a confession to make. I bought the Final Fantasy Repixeled Collection on Steam. Oh, cool. I Hopefully, you'll both note that it took a while for me to decide to do this as I've bounced the idea around a few times in her emails. Why is it just a confession? Is that bad? Was, wasn't there like some shit that was going on with it? I, I, I didn't remember. really, I didn't like the sound of them because of just some of the tweaks that they made to it, but I don't okay. think it's, I don't think it's like an embarrassingly bad port or anything. It's just not what I would have wanted. Uh, first, first impressions so far are pretty good. Many of the games in this anthology are standout in terms of gameplay already. So I'll talk about the features that I'm liking most so far. I find the redesign of all games and their UIs to be a lot more approachable, especially in the cases of FF1 to 3. As the SN as I'm sorry, as the NES games in their original format are a lot harder to approach 30 to 40 years later. For anyone 
who has played or grew up with the original Final Fantasy. This should be music to your ears. Everything is faster and easier to navigate. Hard to overstate uh, how much this changes the experience for those who play. Sorry, the experience of play for these games in a good way. I wonder if they changed the potion buying process. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, I remember the first time I played Final Fantasy 1 like as a teenager or an adult. Again, like to revisit it, to beat it, and dealing with that. I'm just like, this is this is the only way to do it. Are you sure you want a potion? Are you sure you want a potion? Welcome to my shop. You want to buy? Oh, cool. What do you want to buy? You want to buy a potion? Are you sure you want to buy the potion? <laughs> oh, dude, real quick. I'm playing, I'm actually, it's funny that uh, Splitty Boons mentioned this. I'm actually playing Yakuza 0 right now. And I don't remember if Like a Dragon also had the same thing. I feel like it was maybe had something similar this, to this. But you can't just exit the game. <laughs> like when you're done playing. You have to go to, you have to pause the game, go to settings. Then one of the one of the options in settings is... Go to main menu. So you pause the game, go all the way down to settings, then go to main menu is the bottom of like three options. You go down to that one, you press go to main menu, and then it pops up and says, do you want to go to the main menu? And you say yes. And then another thing pops up and it says, uh, you're, if you have any unsaved progress, it'll be lost. Are you sure you want to go to the main menu? You're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then you hit that, then it fades out, and then it comes, then it starts... Like as if you had just launched the game. The Sega logo comes on screen, then it starts playing the intro, like the intro scene, like the intro little, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, the cinematic. You skip through that, then it gives you the Yakuza Zero logo that pops up. Then it says press start to play, then you press start, and then you have to press Y to exit the game. So then you press Y, then you, of course, you get another pop that says, do you want to exit the game? I would have uninstalled it by now. <laughs> it is such a pain in the ass just to stop playing that. Um, okay, sorry. Back to Chase's email. Um, next up, the music isn't just the 8 and 16-bit original scores, but actual orchestral arrangements. Oh, damn. I'm liking the new music, but if you don't, but if you don't, I think you may be able to switch back to OG soundtracks. I love when they do that. I love when they're like, hey, we, we got any music. Here it is. If you want to use it, you can. If you want to listen to OG music, here it is as well. Because like, yeah, there, there are definitely some tracks that I've heard the updated ones. I'm like, nope, no shot. Give me the old music back. Yeah. He says, um, if he says, or if that feature doesn't exist, I know the modding community has already got to it. Of course. Of course. And let's take a moment to talk about modding because I believe that on Steam and PC are that on Steam and on PC are where some of the best versions of these games are going to exist as the modding community continues to tinker and innovate, which is something I really look forward to following. Interestingly, the Pixel Remasters chose to exclude some of the bonus features included in other releases of these games, such as bonus endgame dungeons. Or in the case of Final Fantasy IV, the option to choose and change the characters in your endgame party. The remasters instead choose to just focus on the games as presented in their first interactions, and I'm cool with that. I could talk about all this this stuff all day if you let me. Needless to say that as a fan of the series, I was not disappointed by these new versions, though I will comment that unmodded, they may not be the best versions for everyone. Which brings me to my question of the day. What is... One game that you love playing that just keeps getting better over time, either through official patch releases and expansions, 
or through intense and curated modding community love? I already know what mine is because I was actually going to talk about this a little bit. Here's the Light Magic 3. I was about uh, to say that for you. So, well, even more. So, you know, Grubby, obviously, right? The mm-hmm. pro Warcraft, pro Starcraft player commentator. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he was streaming it this week. Oh, wow. Like, oh, that's cool. It came up on my Twitch and it was like, you know, 4,500 people are watching Hom. And I'm like, what? And then I was like, oh, of course, like it's Grubby playing. But then sh- soon after, I was watching this guy. So, uh, most people who stream Hom are uh, Eastern European or Russian one or the other like they are almost always so they don't speak okay. english and none of their text is, is english so it's really hard to follow what's going on even as somebody who's played it for the last 20 years i still struggle to keep up with what's going on because they just move really quick and stuff but this guy is streaming and he was playing in a tournament and they the community has built an entire structure for tournaments and it's oh, so cool. innovative they, they so they added uh the modding community added a new uh, race to the game. They added a new or a new faction, rather a new faction to the game. They added a bunch of new items. They balanced the game out. Like they have spent so much time on it, and it actually has its own ladder. They actually built their own ladder for the game, which is just that's crazy. pretty badass. Yeah, so that's mine for sure. I've watched a lot of it this week. Uh, Chase, I don't think I have one to to answer your question or to not answer it. I don't. I can't think of a game that like gets that I play. That gets modded a lot or updated in, in such a way. Uh, Chase says, for me, games like Master of Magic or Heroes of Might and Magic 3 come to mind. There yep. you go. Uh, as online fan communities create content and unofficial patches that vastly improve the game well beyond the scope of its original design. I also think of living service games like World of Tanks, Final Fantasy 14. Okay, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess that's that's that would be an Sure, MMOs, I think, are a gimme. Or even EVE Online, which has just continued to grow and get better over time with no loss or degradation of the original game experience. The core gameplay is still there, but more content keeps getting added and it's great to engage with it. Anyway, this turned into a longer email than I thought. I hope you are both well, and thanks always for this wonderful little part of your show. Cheers, talking again soon, Chase and Night Cleaner. Thank you, Chase, as always. Yeah, thanks, Chase. Appreciate it. Jay, do you have any current gaming subcast games that you want to mention? No, I played a lot of board games lately because I've had people here a lot. Uh, I'm still playing a lot of Slay as I talked about the beginning of the podcast. I switched to another character finally in Slay, so I'm learning how to play. Tell me you're playing the robot. Uh, No, fuck the robot. These bad. The robot is the best character. Don't don't start with me. Oh my God. I. You are never, ever allowed. To, I'm banning you from our Discord. <laughs> Dude, I had the sickest build with him. I'm pretty sure I beat the game with him like the first time I tried playing with him. Yeah, that sounds about right. So it's easy, easy. No, you have to understand is Hunter started this gravy train of everybody. It's called the defect. I've, I've been playing the defect. Then he got Harry on board. And so anytime Hell somebody yeah. new starts playing the game, they just indoctrinate them to, to play the defect. He's so and bad. At, is, I had, like I was so striking bad. people with like 100 bolts of lightning every turn without it's even fun. doing anything. That's fine. I I have, I have played I have played the silent almost every single like predominantly. I started playing the ironclad right now, which I think is really easy. I'm, I'm going to play the watcher after. I think the watcher is the best character. Not even joking. I think the watcher the is the watcher. Is it, I don't remember the watcher. It's the fourth character. It's it's one they added. Is that's later, the, that's not just, the girl. Is it yeah. The girl? Oh, she's so cool. hard. Well, actually, no. There's two girls. There, the silent is a girl, and the watcher is a girl. Okay, I was okay. Yeah, th- okay. I was the watcher is who I thought it was. Yeah. She's yeah. she's hard. I mean, yes, I I eventually I think like had a like couple strong runs with her once I sort of figured it out. But she's the hardest to t- 
to play as I think, but like she's very powerful, but you ha- but it's the most difficult to get powerful with. I, I think the Ironclad is the easiest to play. I I think the win rates for uh, the highest level of ladder is um, Watcher, Ironclad, Defect, and then Silent is my understanding because that's the that's the what sorry what were you ordering them in what the, the most successful like the okay. highest win rates okay at the highest level my i think the most the most powerful i ever got a character was the silent i because i had him doing like 200 poison damage per turn or something like that on some yeah. of the bosses I've gone endless on almost every character where you just, you literally build a combo. Like I had, I had an ironclad run that was endless. My would, every time I would play a card, I would generate a card and then I would get rid of a card and I would just, I could play indefinitely and it just didn't matter. I just, I just vomited yeah. my cards on the board and I just win. It's, it's really hard to get there, obviously, especially at the highest level of the game. Like when you play Ascension 20, you're, you can never do that because you'll just die. But uh, when you, it's so fun climbing low level Ascensions on characters because you just smash it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, great game. Very I pull- good game. Cannot believe how, how like how many hours I've spent on a twenty dollar game. Oh my gosh, you've spent a shitload. Like I spent a, quite a bit of time, but not even I'm sure not even a tenth of what you have. My, my Steam one, which is one that I have not even played that much yet. Let me see how much I have on here. I was just looking at it too. It's my Switch one. I don't think it tells you how long you've played a game, does it? On Switch. Um, I don't think so. My or I think it like gives you estimates like you've played for about a day or something like that. And like my Steam one has um, 150 hours on it, and I'm not even like on Ascension 20 on <laughs> my Steam. Let me see if it says on my Switch. What are you gonna say? I'm looking this up. Uh, I was gonna say that I played. <clears throat> uh, I played Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. This was the super. Is this a newer game? No, the newer the newer one is Village, which I oh yeah, that's which right. I already played. This is, um, this is the one that came out right before that. This is the very this is like the super scary one, where you're in it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. Okay. Um, you're in the family's house and they're creepy and all and walking around trying to find you as you're going around also trying to do stuff. Um, it was awesome. I played Resident Evil 8 like a year or so ago. And then I played the Resident Evil 2 remake not too long ago. And now I've played this one. They knocked it out of the park with every single one of these damn Dang. games. Um, it Just like it was. This is definitely the scariest one. But especially in the like, oh, like in the first few hours of the game. But it it does kind of level out a little bit um, once you get maybe five or six hours in. Man, maybe not. Maybe more even like four, three or four hours in. Actually, like once you get past the opening a little bit, it it's not as bad. It's still pretty scary, and it still does remain the scariest of all of them. But it's it's front loaded on like the most scary parts. So if you can get past the first little bit, then you're good to go. Um, but like they just nailed it again. The the gameplay is fun. The the like the puzzles on figuring out like how to open doors and get keys and that kind of stuff. It's it's not frustrating like it was in some of the very early Resident Evil games. It's pretty pretty cut and dry. It's just kind of like you usually know where you need to go to get this or that, and then it's just a matter of going and finding this key or that thing, 
and killing the monsters on the way or, you know, like a, hopefully in some, you know, sometimes avoiding monsters on the way. Sure. The, uh, the monsters were really good in this one. They're scary. Again, there's like this whole kind of family aspect where they've kind of kidnapped you at first. And that's very frightening. Um, there are, uh, the, the, the story actually, I was surprised at how good the story is. Like, especially when you get to the late game and you start like finding out like some of the twists and some of the secrets about what has been going on that you didn't know beforehand. Like the story is actually really, really good. They just, everything about it, they like the, had the typical kind of resident evil horror has some points with a lot heavier horror, the like killing scary, bad guy, zombie type enemies is always fun. Um, every, all of the different areas of the game look really neat. They look scary. They look interesting. As I said, the, the, the story is really good too. They do a good job of like mixing it up all the way through. Like, I was just, I thought it was going to be, I knew it was going to be scary from what I had seen. And I thought that was going to kind of be it. I wasn't prepared for it. Like how just actually good it was all the way through. So like, man, I've just been absolutely loving the, the resident yeah, evil it games. Sounds like it. Uh, so if you, if you like, you know, some people are just too scared by stuff like this. And I'm not like, like I get pretty scared by games too. I was able to, push through and get past like the first few hours. And like I said, it does ease up a little bit after that. So, uh, I recommend it unless you just like, can't deal with that. I love playing horror games in groups. We, we played a lot of, um, a lot of horror games. My my brother and I are really into like horror movies as well. So we played a lot of horror games together. Nice. Um, what were some of the real quick, just don't want to take too much time. What were some of the board games that you've been playing that you said? Uh, my brother and my brother and my friends are really into Root right now. <clears throat> Root is a very good game. Oh, I've heard of that. <clears throat> Would highly recommend playing Root for for. Well, it's kind of like a it's a nice little like mid mid ground. Like obviously we play a lot, and it's not to, like two on horn. We play a lot of like really what I call overly complicated board games. Uh-huh. But Root is like a nice mid range where you can understand it pretty easily, but there's like a lot of depth to it. Um, it's kind of like I don't even want to say it's like Catan because it's really not, but it's it's like a more involved Catan, I guess is the best way to put it. Like there, there's just a lot to it. Um, not, not a lot to it, but there's like a decent amount to it. It's fun. It's a, it's, we played it a decent amount and there's a lot of expansions for it and stuff. So, uh, I looked cool. at my slow aspire time. So on my steam account, I have 148 hours on my switch. account. I have two accounts on my switch. It's a long story, but one of them has 150 hours and the other one has 280 hours. So <laughs> I have 600 shit. hours playing slow aspire. Yeah. That's insane. I go through like it's so insane. I'll like stop playing for like two months and I'll start playing again. I'll be like, yeah, I'll do a run. Then I start playing again for like two or <laughs> three months. I just go through this back and forth with it. Okay. Yeah. By the way, did you play have you played the Cuphead DLC yet? Oh no, I haven't. Have you? I played a little bit. I suck. I suck now. And I'm fucking pissed every time I play it. I get so <laughs> irritated because I'm just I used to be pretty decent. Like I beat the whole game and then I beat a decent amount of it on the harder difficulty. Okay. Uh and I just don't have the patience for it. I don't know. I think I need to like take a week off work and do it or something. So I don't have work on my, on my mind, but uh-huh. I just get pissed every time I play it. So the fights are beautiful. Um, they feel very similar to the other ones. They did a great job on it so far, but yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. Even the normal difficulty. So yeah, I, I keep, I do hear that it is, you know, very difficult as, as you would kind of expect, but maybe yeah. even a little bit more so. Yeah, for sure. And uh, they had a new character, which, 
Uh, I'm not opposed to it. I haven't played it too, played too much. It's just I, I played a few times. It just didn't really interest me too much. I heard that her mechanics are are a little bit different from some of the other, from the they other are. ones. Yeah, they're, Cuphead and Mugman are essentially the same. Her mechanics are definitely different. Okay. But yeah, uh, you know they're making a show, right? They've already made it. Is it out? Yeah, it's not that good. Oh, did you watch it? I watched the first episode and. Uh... I actually talked about this with Josh on the last episode of the podcast. I watched the first episode of it and it was just kind of like, oh, that was all right. And then, I'm going to watch it after this, actually. Yeah, give it a shot. Like, oh, there's a season two already out? It's not bad. Maybe it gets better after the second one, but like, there just wasn't anything special about it, really. It was just kind of a kind of neat little cartoon and that was that was it. Season two comes out in like two weeks or two months, excuse me. Oh, my God. The guy who plays Muggs Man, his last name is Totoro. Oh, shit. It's Tadaro, actually. It's T O D A R O. It's your long lost. Uh, actually, you know, what's a really, you know, you, the only people I ever see is my last name. Every once in a while, I get an email from work like, "Hey, nice to nice to see another Tadaro in the world," and they're always it's Tadaroski. Tadaroski, hell the yeah! Most ugly name ever. Oh my god, <laughs> Tadaroski. Wow. Yep. So. Okay. Anyways. I don't. I don't know if I've ever met somebody else with the last name Ring. Really. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty uncommon one. I always like for years. I always forgotten thought your name your last name was King because you're gamertag. <laughs> oh, because okay, I thought yeah. it's funny because most people mistake it for King. Like if they see it written down, then they're like, "Oh, hey, Mister King, come, you know, come on yeah. to your doctor's appointment." I've known a decent amount of people last name King too. Nobody ever actually gets it correct. If if you say it to them, they think you're saying Green. Or if you oh, yeah. write it down, they think it says king with no exceptions. That's it's always green or king and never, never, I always, never. Read. I always phonetically spell out my name for people whenever I'm talking. I do too. I'd have to do the same yeah, damn thing, or else they think I'm saying green. Like they, every time I say my last name, I they just give me this look like, "Why the fuck do you have such a complicated last name?" And I'm like, "It's okay. I'm gonna spell it out for you phonetically." Here we go. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like a hundred percent of the time. I feel your pain. I almost took Lisa's last name when we got married. Her last name is Vega. And I almost took her last name. Oh, that's name a cool last name. That's a badass last name, too. It is. It's a very common last name, too. But I was just like, God, it'd be so much easier. I, I'm sorry if I've... I, I feel like this is probably one of those stories that I've told a hundred times on the podcast. So apologies in advance. But it's worth it, just in case I haven't. I met a guy one, one time. His last name is Smith Space Capital T. What? Yeah. No period, Why? no period or anything anywhere. It's Smith T is the last name. That would be a nightmare. Yeah, 100%. Imagine explaining it to people. Yeah, I'm sure you yeah, have. Imagine like, whenever you have to confirm your ID and stuff, dude, that'd be so stupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I think it's time for us to go. Uh, game of the quarter. What is it, Jay? Oh, it's Quest 64. All three of them. Robert and I are going to play all three of them. We have to beat all three of them. <laughs> all three. <laughs> the, the Quest 64 trilogy. <laughs> right? I'm actually, I have it pulled up on eBay right now. I'm buying my hard copy of it. How much is it? It's too much. Do you want me to tell you? Oh, is it really? No, I don't want well, to know. I'm I'm buying it. It's it's too much because I'm because I loved boxes. I like boxes. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to buy it in box. Um, 
Because the box art is so good. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I could draw it for you if you want to pay me the difference. <laughs> Quest 64 is our game of the quarter. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at King Octavius. Follow us. We are at Class Gamescast. Um, leave us awesome reviews on iTunes. Tell all of your friends to listen to us. Mail us about whatever you feel like talking about. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. And that's going to do it for episode 179 of the CGP. Yes, it is. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back in two weeks. Or, sorry, like three weeks. Yep. <laughs>